Welcome to Christian Life Young Adults, the podcast. You can keep up to date with everything happening at Christian Life Young Adults by following us on Instagram at Christian Life Austin YA. Check back here every Thursday for a new episode. And thank you for listening. Less is more. This is the title of my message. And I'm excited to bring it to you because I think it's a principle that God has shared with me and I've learned. I think several of us in our lives, we've heard this phrase, less is more, right? You've heard it growing up or, or whatever else, whatever areas of your life, you've heard less is more. And the essence of it is that, that we oftentimes would rather have a quality over a quantity. There are several areas in our life where we want something quality. We want something good over having a quantity, over having an abundance of something. We would, we would prefer for it to be really good and rich and, 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 and be quality and really good. It, it speaks to the simplicity, to minimalism. It speaks to the value that, that oftentimes comes with things that aren't complex. Now, this is what I love about God is oftentimes he, he also speaks to us in very, very simple, simple ways. It's not something complex or crazy. And we can find this in all aspects of our lives, whether in, in marketing or even in our attention spans. We like things that are shorter. We like things that um, aren't super complex. We, we are, desire marketing that's straightforward and very simple for us. We, our attention spans are so short, we, we can't even finish movies or, or longer TV shows. We, we found this, this principle to be true in a lot of different areas of our life. But I would also go on a limb, and I would say that there are many times in my life where less is just less. <laughs> I don't know if you've had that, that moment in your life where you felt like, man, less is just less. And it seems like these types of moments always come at the most inconvenient of times. When it feels like you're running out of something, we, we, don't, we don't naturally find comfort in running out and feeling like there's less of something. It's extremely inconvenient for some of the guys out there, or even some of the ladies. Maybe you're taking your man out, or maybe you're a guy, you're taking your lady out. No one wants to hear from your waiter or waitress who comes back with the bill and they come back with your card. No one wants to hear the words, Hey, I'm sorry, but your, your card declined. This is the worst feeling in the whole entire world. I don't know if any man has ever been through this. I'm going to be completely honest. I have. I've been broke. I've been there before. I struggled. But guess what? I had no money, and I'll never forget the feeling. As, as anyone, if you've ever sat on the side of the table where you were paying and you didn't have the money, your face just gets so hot, man. You're just like sitting there. You're like, oh, my gosh, man. If this is, this, I'm sweating. What do I do? Your mind starts racing. You're looking over at the person you're across the table from, and she's like, oh, I'm like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, oh, here trying to check my account and like pull out my frost bank account and like how much money do I got oh no OD I overdraft that's bad <laughs> terrible space to be in I've been there before or 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 maybe maybe for some of you guys I don't know if you guys watch tv shows does anybody watch tv shows in here I watch tv shows I guess no one does wow you guys are saints this is great well, well one of the, one of the worst feelings in the world is when you get to the end of a tv series and specifically, when you get to the end of a, a season and you don't know it's the last episode. This is the worst feeling in the whole entire world. Hey, just, just a little insight about myself and my brother. We never watched the last episode of anything. So we have not even seen the last episode of Fresh Prince. Like, we haven't seen the last episode of several different TV shows because we just don't want to see the end of it. But it's terrible when you get to the end of a, of a season 
and they always leave you with a cliffhanger. You're sitting here, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the last episode. You're on Netflix, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to wait another year before a season comes out. I'm going to have to wait a year to find out if, they got, if these two people get together. I'm going to have to wait a, a year to figure out if he survives that fall. I'm going to have to wait a year to see what happens next. Less is just less sometimes. It's interesting how that goes. It's, a, it's very frustrating. I remember one time, um, man, a couple of years ago, I was driving home from work. I had been working at a summer camp. Michaela and I were dating. We weren't married at the time. It was extremely hot. It was the middle of the summer, burning up, and I'm driving to a meeting. And as I'm driving to this meeting, I realize that I'm completely late. I'm going to be at least 10 minutes late. And so I'm trying to drive really fast through traffic. Has anyone ever been that maniac who's in tra- traffic, like, trying to get around and, like, really trying to st- stomp on it and, like, every single opportunity you get, you're, like, moving up. Like, no one's getting in front of you on those kinds of days. That's exactly where I was. And so I'm driving like a maniac because I'm running low on time. I then realized that, that my emotions, just going to be completely honest, were, were, were very frustrated. I was very frustrated, and I had low patience. It had been a long, long day, and I didn't really want to be in traffic driving in the place where I was driving in. And then, and then I came to realize that, that, that on my car there was this dinging sound. When your car makes a dinging sound, you should pay attention to it. Please do. I paid attention to it, and guess what happened? I was low on gas, so I get there and I realize, oh my gosh, I don't even know if I'm going to make it to my next location because I was low on gas. So you know what I do? I start thinking, okay, maybe I can get around this. I need to stop and get some gas. Well, I realize something when I look at my account that I don't have any money in my account. You guys are like, Sam, you're broke, man. What's wrong with you? But I'm serious. I'm driving, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't even have money in my account. How am I going to get where I'm going to get? So I'm like, you know what? I got to just phone in a friend. I got to phone in my babe. So I'm, I'm about to hit up Michaela. She's like, girl, can you cash at me? Can you Venmo me? Can you send me something? Come to find out, I had 2% battery. So I was running low in all the areas. I was low on time. I was low on energy. I was low on money. I was low on gas. Nobody wants to have this kind of a day. I've, I've only had this kind of day one time, and it was this moment right here. It was terrible. No one wants to run low. No one wants less. Because sometimes less is just less. I believe there are people who have come into this room and you're experiencing less, less peace than once in your life. That once you had joy and now you're experiencing less joy in your life. That at once maybe, maybe you, 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 had, you have less patience. Maybe you're running out. Maybe your health is running low. Maybe every single time that you go to the doctor, you're hearing news about your health and it's not getting any better and everything you try and try and try and all the prayers and all you can do never seems like it works. No one wants to experience less in their lives. But what I've come to realize is that oftentimes when I'm experiencing less, I'm in the prime space for a miracle. When I'm feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm running out of everything, I'm actually in the perfect space for a miracle. Some of you guys are complaining about where you are, but I'm telling you right now, a miracle is coming. It's only getting you ready for a miracle that God is about to do in your life. Because you know what I came to realize also is that God begins where I stop. So when I get to the end of myself and this is the end of me, God says, let me make up the rest of that for you. So whenever I allow myself to get to a space where I say, God, I don't have the plan. 
God, I don't have the money. God, I, I don't know what else to do. When I take it out of my hands and I put it into his hands, guess what? God makes up all the rest of it. So for some people in this room right now who are experiencing less, I'm here to tell you an encouraging word. There's a miracle coming. There's something brewing. And I believe that tonight might just be your night where you experience the miracle of your lifetime, where God actually shows you abundance, where God actually shows you he's going to do more than you could have ever asked, thought, or even imagined. That's the kind of God that we serve. And when you don't experience it, let me just give you a little side note. It's okay to tell God, hey, God, I am looking, I'm expecting for you to blow my mind. There's been times in my life where I didn't feel like God blew my mind. And guess what? I was really honest with him. I said, God, you know what? I know you're a God who, who blows my mind and surpasses my expectations. And in great honor, but honestly, much frustration, I said, God, that's not happening right now. I feel like I'm so low. And all I have to do is sit back and watch as he makes up for it. Hey, I want to take us to a place in scriptures. 2 Kings chapter 4, I believe. I don't even have any notes, man. Where are my notes at? Here we go. Praise God. Maybe I won't use them. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. You're good, man. It's no big deal. 2 Kings 4, verse 1 through 7. There's a powerful miracle that's about to take place right here. Elisha, for some of you guys, maybe you know, maybe you don't know, is one of the greatest prophets. He has been given authority from Elijah, who also is a really great prophet. Elisha goes on to do twice as many miracles as Elijah in the Old Testament. And he's a prophet, and so this woman comes along to Elisha one day, and she's frustrated. She's at the end of herself, as many of us might be. And this is what she says to him. She says, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Goes on to say this. Elisha replied to her. How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? I want to pause here for just a second before we go on any deeper into the scriptures. And I just want to catch us up to this whole entire sphere. What's going on in this moment? There's a woman who, there is someone who she owes money to who is about to come and take away everything that she has. There is someone who is about to come and take away her kids and sell them into slavery. So she has nothing left. She's at the end of herself. Less is less in this moment. And what does Elisha decide to say in this moment? I'm just going to, this is just my personal response. If Elisha said this to me, hey, well, what do you have? I would have I backhanded him. I don't know what would have happened. I was, that was a front hand. Maybe I'll backhand. Maybe I'll do both of them. Man, I would have been so frustrated. Just imagine you're here. Your kids are about to be given away. Come on, come into this story with me for a second. Someone who you love is about to be given away to slavery. And then you come to a person of God and they say, well, what do you have? Excuse me? I don't have anything. If I had anything, I would have given it. What are you talking about? And so then I think I read this in this kind of a way. It's almost like sarcasm, in my opinion. We can go back to the scripture right before. Actually, let's, let's go forward. Let's go forward. So she just, he says, tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. I see it as sarcasm. It's almost like, well, I don't got anything. All I got is some olive oil. And I would have been so frustrated. But you know what I came to realize when I stopped and I paused on this scripture is this is oftentimes God's conversation with us. 
Oftentimes, we're in a space where we say, God, what do you have for me? God, would you give me some more? God, I need something right now. And the whole time, you know what he's saying to us? What do you have that I can use? Oftentimes, the agent of your salvation, the very thing that is going to give you peace, the very thing that is going to give you joy is right inside of your home. It's not something that he's magically appearing out of nowhere and saying, oh, here it is, poof, got it. Here's your, here it is for you. No, oftentimes it's something that you already have. What do you have? This is my question to you. If you're in a space right now where you're saying, I feel like I'm running low. I don't have the answers. I don't have the patience. I don't have the emotional capacity. I don't have the mental capacity. What do you have? Do you have a smile? What can you give to God? Watch how you give your smile to God, and he actually returns new levels of joy to you. Watch how you give your finances to God and watch how he blesses your finances and makes you have more money than you could have ever imagined. Watch how when you give over your plans, he begins to bless those plans and things start to accelerate in your life and you start to get the opportunities and you start to get the jobs that you always wanted. Watch and see what will happen when you give over to him what you already have. And I feel like some of you would just get stuck like this. And God is saying, go back to your house. What do you have in your house? The woman has oil. It's not much. If you've got more than oil, then you've got a lot. If God can use some measly oil, I think he can use whatever you have. I think most of us in this room would say, I have more than oil. And so if you have more than oil, hold on because your blessing is coming. Hold on because there's a miracle coming your way. And God is wanting to use the very things that are inside of your home, inside of you, inside of your character, your gifts, your passions. I think I have some oil. I don't even know where my oil's at. It's somewhere in here. Ah, oh, boom, there it is. This is, the, this is the oil right here. I don't want to drop this. It belongs to a friend right here. Good friend. Faithful friend. This is the oil. This is all she had in her home. The scripture continues on. And it says this. Next verse. I believe we're at verse, ah, oh, there we are, five. So you know what she did? She left him. And she shut the door behind her and her sons, basically did exactly what he told her to do. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. We'll get there in a second. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. A miracle happens. Literally, what happens is, let me see that jar right there. Boom. She goes and she collects the jars from everybody. She's like, hey, can I have a jar? Hey, can I have a jar? She goes to all of her neighbors. She's like, hey, can I have a jar? Can I have a jar over here? You have a jar for me? You got a, that's a big jug right there. Maybe that's a jar. Give me a jar. I need more jars. I need all the jars that I can get. I just need to get them into my house. Guess what? And this time, she didn't even know why she needed the jars. All she did was be obedient to what God said. Go and get the jars. So she's like, hey, you got any jars? You got any jars for me? You got any jars? Hey, you got any jars? Did you bring any jars? She's going all over the place trying to find these jars. And then... She takes the oil. I'm not going to pour it. But she starts pouring into the jars. And her sons, they're bringing her more jars. She's saying, oh, my gosh, it's, it's not going out. It's not leaving. And so there's jar after jar after jar. Could you imagine, guys, you're pouring, and when you put it back down, it fills back up with oil. Could you imagine that type of a miracle? Oh, my gosh, it's not stopping. Okay, keep on pouring, keep on pouring. And it just fills up and fills up and fills up and fills up. And all these jars are getting filled up with all of this oil. 
wow, what a miracle. And then she goes and she sells it. And guess what? She didn't only sell it to meet the debt. What does he do? He gives her more. Because less is more. He says, live on the rest of it. You know what that means? That means it had to have accumulated enough money to be able to live for a significant amount of time after based on the oil that he provided for her when she had nothing. He didn't say she was rich. He didn't say she had everything together. He didn't even say that she was a good tither. He didn't even say that she went to church all the time. But you know what she did? She honored him. She honored the prophet when he came to her, and he said, guess what? Go and get all of the jars, and I'm going to start to, pour, just start to pour the oil and see what happens. She didn't know the plan. So many of us are sitting there, and we're thinking, what's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? What's the plan? And God is just saying, well, first off, start by going to get some jars, and then go get some oil. And we're like, what's the plan? What's going to happen after that? What am I going to do with it? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to? Just get the jars and get the oil and allow him to do the rest. Because in this very moment, something that was ordinary became extraordinary. Something that was just a jar of oil became a miracle. Now this oil wasn't just normal oil. Now it's a divine oil. It was something special because that's exactly what will happen when we give over to God. What is already his, he blesses it and makes it even greater than we could have ever imagined. That's what happens. Whenever we trust in him. I, I, I find that, that oftentimes this is where we get it mixed up. And this is where I believe that I find that, that this is the reason why God hates sin. People should get really weird when you start talking about sin. Like, oh my gosh, what's that? What's about to happen here? But let me, just, let me just explain to you what I feel like God has placed on my heart. This is, why, this is why I believe that God hates sin. Because of this very reason right here. Listen to this. You might want to write this down. Sin oftentimes temporarily fills a void that only a miracle can. This is why he hates it. He doesn't hate it because you're a bad person, because you're going to hell, because he came to condemn you. No, no, no. He came to save you. So get this and hear this right. Sin oftentimes temporarily fills a void that only a miracle can, that only the Holy Spirit can, that only the oil can. And so in those moments in your life when you say to God, I don't have any peace, and you decide to step out and do something else and get peace in whatever kind of way you want to get peace, by the people that you're around, or by the TV shows that you're watching, or by what you're drinking, or by what you're smoking, and you're trying to fill it up, and you're saying, I want more peace, I want more peace. He's saying, well, I can't pour my oil out because you're trying to fix your own issue." Because you're trying to fill a void that only I can fill. Well, God, here's the deal. You don't know my love life. You don't know where I've been through. You don't know the pain that I've been through. You don't know the people who have used me. So this is why I do what I do. And he's saying, if you'll just be quiet for a second, I'll show you what real love is. I will fill up every single one of your jars. You know what's interesting about the story? The oil didn't stop until what? Until there was no more jars until no more jars were there. Guys, we live in a space and a time where scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit is being poured out continually. It's not stopping. So you know what that means? The people who will get oil are the people who have their jars out. And so my question to you tonight 
We're going to transition here in a second, but is you have a jar out. How many jars do you have? Will you keep on pulling more and more jars? Will you stop at nothing to get as many jars as you can so that your jars can be filled with oil? See, it's not an issue with the source oftentimes. It's an issue with us who are catching it. Because we go in and out. Put a top on. No more oil. Take a top off. Oil. Put a top on. No more oil. Take your top off. Get more oil. I went to church. I got oil. I went home and did whatever I wanted. No more oil. I spent some time praying. Oil. When I got to work, I forgot my faith. No oil. I went to young adults. Oil. When I got in my car, I put on whatever music I wanted to listen to. No more oil. But those who would trust him and say, God, I'm inviting you into every aspect of my life. I've got my jars out and I'm not putting them away. I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. I'm not stepping in and out of your Holy Spirit. I'm not here one second and out the next. I'm staying steadfast. I have my jars out. I'm going to get as many jars as I can because I want you to fill me up, God. This is how you experience the miracle of the oil. This is how you experience the miracle of the Holy Spirit being poured out on your life. He wants to pour it out. He's pouring it. And there are people in this room right now who have their cup out of I want some more oil. And there are some people in this room who maybe have never even experienced the Holy Spirit. Who don't even know how to receive the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. You guys can stand. I'm not here to debate theology. I'm not here to say, hey, you get the Holy Spirit whenever you get baptized or you get the Holy Spirit whenever you accept Jesus. Like, I'm not really here to debate that theology. I'm just in the room today, and I'm just wondering if there's someone in this room who says, you know what, I don't know if I have the Holy Spirit yet. I don't know if I really have it because when you have the Holy Spirit, you experience this this peace. It opens you up. Here's what I say to people. When you, when you have the Holy Spirit, it opens up the possibility for you to experience heaven on earth. It opens up the possibility for you to experience discernment on what to do and what not to do. It opens up the possibility for a divine wisdom. It opens up the possibility for spiritual giftings to be poured out. It opens up the possibility that you don't have before you have the Holy Spirit. And I want every single person in this room to experience it. I want to pray over two types of people. Go ahead and just put your heads down for a second. I don't want anybody looking around during this time. I want to pray over some people in this room who are saying, you know what? I don't think I got the Holy Spirit yet. But, but, but Pastor Sam, I, you're making a really great case for it. I think I want it. I, I think I want the Holy Spirit. And then there's some people in this room who maybe have experienced the Holy Spirit, but you've been walking through your life with a lid on your jar not receiving the Holy Spirit, not receiving his guidance, thinking, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to trust myself. I've always trusted myself. I know what's best for me. I know what's best for my mind. I know what's best for my job. I know what's best for my sexuality. I know what's best for for all of the things, all of my peace. You've been walking around thinking you could do it on your own. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, I want to give the Holy Spirit a chance. Just give him a chance. So if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want the Holy Spirit, or I just want to walk, my life, walk through my life with my jar open 
receiving the Holy Spirit. Could you just raise your hand? No one's looking around. No one's looking around. We're, we, we, thank you. Thank you. Thank, keep, it, keep it up. Keep it up. Because I'm going to pray over these people right here. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. In your own way, just in your own way. Here's the deal. I can pray it over you, but you got to pray it yourself. In your own way, just begin to say, Holy Spirit, I want you. Holy Spirit, I want more of you. God, right now I'm praying for every single hand that's raised right now. Would there just be an empowering? Would there just be a filling up of the Holy Spirit right now, God? You see every single hand. You see everyone who's reaching out to you. God, we're taking off the lids. No longer will we stay in the same place we're in. Holy Spirit, we want everything that you have for us. Everything you have for us. Holy Spirit, would you pour out right now? Meet us right here. For those who are stepping out in boldness right now, saying, I want more of you, Holy Spirit. Would you just meet them? You've seen their lives. You've seen the people in this room who feel like they have less. They're depleted. They're tired. They're sick and tired of fighting and trying to do it all on their own. But today is the day that it stops. Today's the day that it stops, baby girl. Today's the day that it stops, baby boy. I'm your father. That's what he's saying to you right now. And I'm pouring out my Holy Spirit. 